0: Welcome to Startup to Scale, a podcast by FoodBevy. I'm your host, Jordan Buckner. Join me as I talk to aspiring entrepreneurs, seasoned industry experts, and everyone in between as we unlock the keys to growing from startup to scale. Hey everyone, this is Jordan with the Startup to Scale podcast. And my guest today is Bella Hughes with Shaka and Shaka T. I am so excited to have this conversation. Um, you know, just before I hit record, like Bella started mentioning a thousand things that were absolutely amazing. And I'm excited to get to the details with you. I was like, let's make sure we get all of this on our podcast for today. So, just as a brief introduction, I'd love for you to just give like a one minute overview of who you are and about Shaka and the Hawaii found her project. I know it may be two minutes for that.
1: (laughs) Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for having me on. It's been wonderful to get to know you over the years and very much admire all that you do, Jordan, but I'm Bella Hughes and I am the co-founder of Shaka Tea. We are an award-winning line of herbal iced teas and teas and recently launched immunity shots. And what's distinctive about us is we bring to the table full-flavor zero-sugar teas that are brewed with a unique hero ingredient, mamaki, an herbal tea only found in the Hawaiian archipelago, which is where I was born and raised. Our whole business is really about supporting sustainable agriculture and putting um, money, abundant money, in the hands of small farmers. And we are Now available in close to 8,000 doors across the United States. In addition to uh, my work with Shakati, I do a lot in my community, involved with various nonprofits. And uh, one thing I'm really proud of is during the past year, Along with my mentor um, Gloria Lau, we have been able to launch with partners at Purple Maia, a 501c3 here in the Hawaiian Islands, a new accelerator program founder specifically to support API and Native Hawaiian women entrepreneurs.
0: Wow, I am so impressed by everything that you're doing, and since we met um, gosh, I guess it was a couple years ago through food bites. I was so impressed with everything that you're doing. And we've been on a couple of like panels together and it's just like, I have to sit down with you and talk, um, you know, one-on-one for, for our podcast, because I think you really embody the, the entrepreneur and the food entrepreneur, like of today's world. And I love, Um, everything that you're working on. So, you know, I think on the shaka side, one thing that I want to know is one, the product is absolutely delicious, right? Like I don't drink a lot of iced tea, but I actually love your product and like, it just tastes really good and it's so simple. Um, And so I'd love for you just to walk through that story though, of how the product gets from the, like the plant and how you're working with farmers to cultivate it all the way to selling it across the, you know, the US as well and all the continental states um, with like a heavy glass bottle beverage and how that process is growing.
1: Yeah, no, that's a wonderful question. Thank you. And and definitely the admiration is super mutual. And hopefully one day we actually get to spend time together in real life yes. um, with our kids playing, because that would be fun since they're, they're food and beverage um, babies. But all that being said, um, you know, our business really began with a why and the product um, came after. And by that, I mean, you know, I'm born and raised here. We have some of the highest rates of um, poverty in the United States, highest cost of living, and lowest wages. There's basically a million acres of fallow ag land. Most farmers are small farmers, um, you know, one to nine acres. And there really is not a lot of abundant hero ingredients that can be paid a premium, grown sustainably, and then exported. And so, you know, being an avid fan of Mamaki tea, when you look back to when we first launched the first three years, we were really just in our home market. The product was quite different. There always was the Mamaki component. Every time farmers are planting mamaki, they're restoring native ecosystem habitat um, since the plant is endemic and it's also the host plant for a pollinator butterfly. Since we were founded in 2016, we have given away 35,000 mamaki seedlings to help small farmers get started, and we're really, really proud. You know, to date, we're working with 20 farmers and, you know, the majority of our farmers are coming from the Punaka'u district, which has some of the highest rates of, you know, statistically um, families living below the poverty rate. And we're we're really champions pretty simple, you know. Grow something sustainably that can be grown, in, you know, in agroforestry or polycropping styles. So alongside food crops to ensure food security, since that's another huge problem in Hawaii, we import about 85% of our food. We're absolutely not promoting monocropping and rows and rows of mamaki. Mamaki grows best when it is an understory or. Grown in concert with other food crops. And then, you know, pay farmers a premium. We dry and dehydrate those leaves here in Hawaii based out of our Hilo headquarters. And then we ship that lightweight hero ingredient to the US continent and Japan where we co pack it. And, you know, most of our business is in these larger off island markets. What's really been key for our product is um, the flavors are, you know, really tropical, botanical, inspired by the islands. We actually have had all of them created in-house by my co-founder and husband, Harrison Rice. And I think that's what makes the flavor so good. It took, again, three years to get there and tinkering, But, you know, when you look at most ready-to-drink beverages, they tend to use the top three to five sort of manufacturers that also formulate, and they all taste very similar. He was right there in our home kitchen with his Bricks refractometer putting together these flavors. Our kids and I were the first taste testers, and I think that gives it its distinctive flavor. And a big turning point for us was learning about monk fruit as our sweetener, and that really brings a product to the market that is zero sugar, zero calories, zero carbs carbs, full flavor, hydrating, non-GMO, clean label ingredients. And, you know, I truly believe beyond the fact that we are the only RTDT grid with Mamaki, there's nothing quite like us on the market.
0: That's absolutely amazing. And, you know, I think a couple things that are really important about your story. One is you started with the why of uh, that. How can I like highlight this amazing crop that's native to, you know, my home state. And that's very underutilized. And I think when we first taught, right, like it was just growing wildly and <laughs> like on the land and no one was really using it, um, you know, besides just for local uses. And I love how you have cultivated it into this ingredient that's super proud, you know, that you can be proud of and everyone can be proud of. And then I think incredibly smart how you're then able to bottle it, uh, you know, in the continental US and kind of across the country to be able to accessibly get that to people kind of where it is and even just the product itself you know I would probably guess that most people if not almost everyone like no one knows what Mamaki is Um, but you also don't brand it and the front of the bottle at least on the current pack is like this is Mamaki right as a drink because no one would understand what it is but everyone understands iced tea Um, And the fact that it's like zero calories, no sugar is just like everything that people are looking for. And so you're both delivering to the ingredient and the farmers who are growing it, but also to what consumers are looking for.
1: Well, oh, thank you. And again, like that was a learning curve. All I want to talk about is, you know, creating a culture of abundance, sustainable agriculture, planting endemic plants, like most tropical places we have in Hawaii, a huge issue with highly invasive plants. So didn't want to start a business, you know, that was rooted in growing something not from here and exporting it. But what I quickly learned that's not what really makes the sale, especially like to a consumer exactly to your point, who's never heard of Mamaki tea. So, you know, our label has, you know, definitely evolved over the years and absolutely the form factor when we launched, we sweetened it with organic apple juice to today, monk fruit, zero sugar, and then moving our big why and our story and talking about Mamaki and sustainability to the back label, um, it's done wonders. And that's a hard thing for an entrepreneur when it starts with a why and with a passion and with a commitment. Thank you to, you know, business being a force for good in your community, where you're from, where you're raising your own cakey um, children, you, you know, it's, it's hard to get that feedback, but I'm so glad that we were open to take it. And when you live in the gray, you're really able to ultimately, um, you know, have a bigger impact. Sometimes business, especially a small entrepreneur and a mission driven business can be very black or white. Um, But living in the gray and understanding how best to communicate on retail shelf to customers and constantly iterating an and, and working to perfect our messaging to make the most sales possible. So in turn, making have the biggest economic impact in Hawaii um, has really been a big part of our journey.
0: I love that living in the gray. I'm a big kind of proponent of, of that and understanding that you don't have to just be one thing, uh, but you can kind of speak in different ways to different people because everyone has a different reason why they're supporting you, why they're buying you, why they're working with you. And so I think that's, that's incredible. Um, what do you think think were those other like biggest obstacles that you had when building shaka
1: um you know being very direct capital it's it's hard to raise money they're not i mean it's hard wherever you are it's especially hard when you're based out of the most isolated populated human landmass on earth Um, You know, there was a lot of early misconception in the investor community that they thought our product would only do well on the West Coast or somewhere that had an affinity for Hawaii, Um, you know, and there's just historically a lot of, you know, uh, travel between the West Coast and the Hawaiian Islands. But, um, you know, just access to capital and resources, you know, statistically, 85% of all capital goes to all male teams um, and uh, just, you know, being able to pitch and win that capital. So. That was, I feel, if we'd been better funded earlier, we probably would have been hitting a lot of the milestones sooner. But then at the same time, would we have been as wise with our resources and, and really bootstrapping this? And we're still pre-Series A. We're, we're gearing up, um, you know, for a huge growth period. Um, has enabled us to be really, really smart and strategic with limited resources. And um, I think that was, you know, in the early days, just trying to figure out, how we could do this, you know, and, and, and keep scaling and growing, because this is an industry that requires a tremendous amount of capital, um, you know, to get started and to keep growing on retail shelves.
0: I'm happy you brought that up, you know, as a, as a kind of Black founder myself, you know, I experienced what it was like kind of growing a business and trying to raise capital from a industry that is supportive in terms of advice and mentorship, but very difficult to actually get cash from and land those investments. Um, And so I've experienced that myself and talked with lots of other founders who, you know, really go through that experience of the difficulties of raising funding, right? And I speak to a lot of, you know, diverse and especially diverse women-owned founders who hear all the time, there's like, oh, this is a, you know, interesting product, it might be like good, Um, I'm happy to give you advice versus actually giving you capital, giving you money. Have you kind of found the same thing?
1: I I have I think um you know for myself as a woman and as a mixed race you know female founder definitely there's a a bevy of advice being offered and you know all the data you know is there that says historically women and minorities um you know over over mentored and underfunded so I think that was definitely a big inspiration point during the pandemic when, you know, I started speaking with my dear friend and mentor Gloria Lau, who's a prolific businesswoman and nonprofit leader and professional. And, you know, we came together just in our off time. Then we thought, how could we support women and specifically, you know, API and Native Hawaiian women in our community here in Hawaii. And that really led to this new Accelerator Founder, which is presented by the amazing nonprofit and team Donovan Kaloha, Alec Wagner, and Darian Sequenza from Purple Maya. And what we're able to do is actually give five women cohort companies um, $20,000 of non-dilutive capital to help grow their business. And we're still fundraising with that nonprofit. So hoping to up that number um, along with tailored mentorship. And really important to me is a childcare stipend. I participated in so many different accelerators and incubators, Um, you know, over the last six years. And one of the hardest things as a working parent with young children is to go participate in these programs that don't give you capital. Oftentimes being in Hawaii, I, you know, everything I participated in, I had to fly and nine out of 10 times pay for that myself. um, You know, when I was living off credit cards and super broke, and then there was no childcare support or stipend. So that was sort of my long rant. And this is what I'm doing to address that challenge that I have myself have faced.
0: Yeah, I am so incredibly impressed. And that's at foundher.org. I encourage everyone to check it out and take a look. Um, Are you working exclusively with with founders in Hawaii right now?
1: Yeah, we are. We are. That's That's really been the goal. And I think, again, it's a lot of reflection on some of the challenges that, you know, I, I faced growing a business um, out of Hawaii and, and really working to take a great idea that had, you know, traction and turn it into a business that was, you know, we're now on the path to profitability and, and you know, by all, by all measurements, um, successful in this industry and just wanting to, you know, share with others what I've learned on the journey and, and to help more people. I really believe that business can be an amazing force for good, um, and an abundance mindset.
0: Bella, you are doing so much and I love it, right? You are building Shaka, which is growing at, you grew at 500% of in the last year, which is incredible. You're opening up you know, hundreds or thousands of new stores. You launched this new organization. You're a mom of two who is kind of working with your family, kind of out of your one house and doing everything together. Like, how do you make it work? A lot of people hear this and think like, how is it even possible? How's there enough time in the day? How do you do it?
1: That's a great question. I love the hundred thousand doors. I like where you're manifesting. Hopefully next year we'll add another 10,000, but, um, you know, I I have a very high energy, as you probably can tell, and I think where most people like after working hours may have a hobby. My hobby tends to be community work and just, I like to stay busy. And I'm really, really lucky that I have just such an amazing husband, partner, business partner, baby daddy, Harrison, that um, understands like, that's just the way I'm wired. So, you know, he's totally used to like on weekends and after work shock hours, I'm just busy working on, on other stuff. And my kids are really awesome. There's, I don't really, believe in balance because if you do what you love and I love Shaka T, and that is my commercial business and I love all the, you know, community work that I'm doing, um, you know, you kind of always want to be doing it. I'm sure I make for a very annoying person to hang out with. Cause I just want to talk about all the different projects all the time. Um, but you know, my, my hobby is, is, you know, creating and, um, you know, again, just really deeply, everything I'm involved with is somehow connected to my community here in Hawaii.
0: I definitely really love and that resonates that love that. And that resonates with me. I'm the same way. Like this is just really fun for me. Like I find so much enjoyment from like working and building businesses and helping other people build their businesses that like I would do this. And I honestly did do it before, like without getting paid for it just because I really enjoyed the process so much. And I talk about this on, in some of my writing a lot, the idea of, instead of work-life balance, work-life flow, with the key difference being there's, you know, understand what you're passionate about and find a way to build that into your life, both at your you know, job that you're making money from, but then your hobbies and what you do with your family and everything just flows into each other. So you don't have to have this separation of personalities where you're one person at work and a separate person at home or a separate person with your friends, but you really find a way to blend all of those together and integrate those together.
1: Oh, that's that absolutely is why I think we are friends and um, definitely resonates with me. And I think for a long time, I felt a little embarrassed being in CPG and agriculture because professionally, my background is in arts and culture, I'm a curator and nonprofit arts administrator, but you know, the real beautiful thing is I learned about agroforestry and sustainable agriculture, literally through art, through a friend of mine, who's an artist, Taiji Tarasaki, and he did a piece about agroforestry. And I was like, wait, I got to learn more about this. So that has so informed how Shaka T has really championed, um, you know, an agroforestry um, and sustainable, you know, mindset with how Mamaki is grown. So, you know, it's funny the dots really do all connect. And I love that concept of like work workflow.
0: Bella, thank you so much for sharing your story and everything you're working on today. I am so happy that we are <laughs> friends and looking forward to when we can actually meet in person. But um, with that Uh, Best of luck as you are rounding out the rest of this year. And I'm excited to see everywhere that Shaka grows.
1: Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for having me on, Jordan. Appreciate it. Aloha.